are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What up, welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Monday. May the 18th and finally releasing my top nine big board for the Pistons draft today. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, Pistons fan follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Lockdown Pistons podcast during the NBA shutdown today. I'm going to tell you who I think the Pistons should draft at number one. It's a surprise. I haven't seen anyone else with this guy at the top of their board out there. But uh, also going to reveal the rest of my big board, the top nine, because that's where the Pistons could fall, worst case scenario, to number nine. So we're going to have to go through nine prospects. This is my 1.0 board. I reserve the right to switch it up as the time goes on closer to the NBA draft, whenever that is going to be. Later on, we're also going to talk to Adam Rubin, the general manager of the Pistons GT team in the NBA 2K League. Talk about that team getting ready for their season opener this week on national television. But Give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also, Locked on Pistons Twitter account, and check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons Dash. Matt Shook, but as we know, the last dance finishing up late Sunday night. I'll have some more thoughts on that coming up later in the week, likely. But I want to remind you guys to check out my interview with Terry Foster from Friday, where we hit on the last dance, the bad boys, the perception of Isaiah Thomas, also decided on the most influential Piston of all time, came to a conclusion that I am very happy with at the end of the day. also want to remind you guys to check out Built Bar. Today's episode built brought to you by Built Bar. Built by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I've been a little bit of a relapse. I need my Built Bar back, and it should be arriving here in downtown Detroit this week. For yourself, go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. And we would love to see the numbers of this promotion rise. As time goes on. All right, let's talk about the NBA draft. I'm going to go against some conventions here for the number one player on my big board. The first one that I'm bucking in this, uh, the conventions of what you might see in a bad draft. And let's not mistake this. This is a bad draft. And when you're a bad team, like the Pistons rebuilding in a bad draft, the conventional wisdom would say to take a swing on who might be potential stars. And as far as stars go, LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards seem to be the only guys that have that kind of upside of possibly, maybe, who knows, turning into stars one day. And, of course, you know, all uh, let's throw away the part that someone in this draft will surprise. Certainly that's going to happen, and someone will disappoint. These happen every year, and that will happen once again. But uh, those are the dudes right now. LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards as guys that potentially could be stars down the road. Conventional wisdom also says you need stars to win, and you won't get stars in free agency if you're the Detroit Pistons, so this is your chance. Who cares that these guys don't try on defense? But no, I disagree with that. We're not doing that here in Detroit. Um, I'm bucking that convention as well. The other convention about this draft that I'm bucking when talking about this 
is that the Pistons need a point guard of the future. They do not have a point guard of the future right now, no doubt about that. A super important position in basketball, Isaiah was the main building block of the bad boys. Chauncey Billups was the main piece of the going-to-work era, him and Ben, obviously. Uh, but you got to have a good point guard. And uh, it's one of those things that this draft does have. Is It has a variety of point guards, some, like I said, star potential in LaMelo Ball, some very good potential in guys like Tyrese Halliburton, Killian Hayes, Tyrese Maxey, who I like a lot more than most because he competes and is a guy that I think can wear the red, white, and blue. I've been prepping you guys on this, um, you know, saying things like, I respect it if this year people's big boards are a little bit all over the map. They maybe look a little bit different than some of the other big boards out there. Maybe I was projecting or prepping you guys for this, but man, again, I watched the bad boys on Saturday afternoon on ABC and just thought about it some more. been leaning this way for three weeks now, but the number one player on my big board is Onyeka Okongwu of USC. That's right. Hate me, America. He's the one guy that I stay on week after week. He's the one guy that I've been steady with. He has the Pistons DNA. He has the high floor and uh, not a terribly high ceiling, but I think there is a fairly high ceiling there as well. It's a big, uh, I know that that's another convention you're going against there. I know that's not where the game is going. I know the Pistons need help on the perimeter, no doubt about that. But this is in comparison to what's out there in terms of this draft and the other types of players that could be at the top of this list. It's just not that good of a list of players. And uh, and I don't think that some of those guys that could have star potential don't fit in to the culture. And they're not so talented that they you have to kind of look past the fact that those guys aren't playing defense, that those guys might have some questionable uh, issues that you might bring to, to a team that needs to be bring, have that culture built. This is a team that the Pistons are right now at the very bottom, basically, of the NBA in terms of not in terms of current talent, but in terms of situations. So there's a lot of work to do for this franchise. Again, I watched the Bad Boys on Saturday afternoon on ABC, like a lot of you guys probably did. I, I'm just looking at some of these other prospects. Killian Hayes is not Isaiah Thomas. LaMelo Ball isn't a Detroit Piston. And I know that, again... I know that value matters, so Edwards and Ball are on my draft board. These guys are not outside of my top nine or something crazy like that. And maybe you do draft LaMelo Ball if he slips to you and you keep him for one year, you feature him, and then maybe, maybe you flip him. Or maybe he turns out to be uh, a type of guy and a type of player that he hasn't exhibited so far in his uh, in his film. But he'll be low enough on my board that I don't think he'll be available at the pick that the Pistons would be at if, if that slot were ever to come up. So more about Onyeka Okongwu, again, undersized at 6'9". That is not a gigantic deal breaker for me. Still got some pretty good wingspan at 7'1". The really good athleticism, a well-put-together body. He can get stronger. Um, I might prefer, at the end of the day, a solid 6'9", 6'10 guy to a skinny 7-foot guy, especially when talking about defense. A very a great passer, a good ball handler, um, might be able to drive it even from a four or five position. Love the hands, like his ability to finish with both hands around the rim. Good screener, excellent excellent roller, very active and strong on defense. Uh, good feet on defense, good on the screen and roll, good with shot blocking as well. Effort running the floor, very active on defense, running the floor in terms of 
Uh, Sekou Dumbuya could be a guy who also will be running the floor for our Pistons team. Bruce Brown is a transition type of player. Whoever your point guard of the future should be along that mold as well. Okongwu is very active on defense. He's a smart player. Um, there's some negatives, of course. We talked about the, the lack of size. The shooting is not there right now. I do like the touch around the basket. That's a good sign. 72% free throw shooting is also a decent sign. But the uh, the shooting, yeah, it would be obviously ideal if it could be a guy who could knock down some mid-range early in his career and maybe boost out to the three-point line. But that's where your player development comes in um, and your shooting, your repetition, all that good stuff. Uh, talking about logjam, lineup-wise, again, not in, and not really all that important when we're talking about the grand scheme of things with this team. But, uh, you know, I think that you're talking about a guy who's coming in after one year of college. Obviously, he's going to be a developing player, not going to start right away. Uh, Blake Griffin, hopefully he's healthy, and hopefully you bring back Christian Wood. Uh, hopefully that uh, Okongwu would be the third big. You know, a team sucking means uh, – the Pistons sucking right now means that uh, this rookie doesn't have to come in and help and, and make a big difference. This is a multiple-year rebuild. We're looking at a team that's possibly going into the top ten, maybe the top five next year as well, and uh, I think that his development will kind of help and be around the the timetable that this team should have as well. The floor is high. This guy will play for a long time. He's not going to be a bust, and in a no- normal draft, you'd feel okay about taking him around four, five, or six, but this is not a normal draft, and I think it's imperative that in this bad draft, the Pistons don't swing and miss. They get a player here, someone who helps advance the culture and contributes for a long time, and I think Ball or Edwards could be detrimental to that as they don't seem to be the type of players you want to build around for a team. And that's what the Pistons are doing right now. So you try like hell if you get one of those first or second picks in the lottery to trade down, make the Danny Ainge move like he did when he went from one to three, still got Jason Tatum, the number one guy on his board. Do that same thing if you're the Pistons. Still get your guy at three or five, get Okongwu in here, and if for some reason you get number one and you're stuck there, you can't move, I'm still drafting Okongwu if I'm the Detroit Pistons. Or be smart, find the Knicks or some team that loves LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards and make that move, and that's what I'm doing on draft night. As for now, with the Matt Shook, Detroit Pistons big board, top nine, 1.0 on Yeka Okongwu at the top. So the rest of my big board is coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But, hey, I've told you guys so much about Built Bar, and we will continue to do that at least through the month of May. So I need you guys to help me out. Just like I was at my visited my folks over the weekend up in Royal Oak, they have already blown through their first Built Bar shipment. They got some more coming on the way as well. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a, that tastes like a candy bar, 16 amazing flavors, 100% chocolate covering all these bars, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy, great for the health-conscious guy. I got my dad trying to be more health-conscious, going on for walks during the quarantine as a retired dude. Don't want to be sedentary as you move on in the older ages, fellas. Lose or maintain that weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Get the peanut butter brownie. Get the mint brownie. The mint brownie tastes delicious. 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. That's right, count them on one hand. And 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
Yes, sir! All right, guys, here's another company that I'm really excited to tell you guys about. I've been searching online, trying to figure out which brands to try. Been a product that I've been looking out there for a long time, and I got just the one that you guys need to try to get into this stuff. And that's Mima Remedies. It's a Michigan company, Mima, M I M A Remedies. It's a CBD company providing full spectrum CBD hemp oil and flour owned by Michigan State University alums. Also, guys, out of Southwest Michigan as well. Only two ingredients in their stuff. And that's USDA certified organic MCT oil derived from coconuts. I use MCT oil in my coffee and also the smoothies as well, so I can attest to their really brilliance of, a, of an ingredient. The other ingredient is CO2 extracted full-spectrum CBD from hemp organically grown in Oregon, where MEMA founder Brandon Denler got his start in the industry working with other Michigan State alums. To celebrate MEMA's first season growing their own hemp in Michigan, we are giving Lockdown listeners 25% off at MimaRemedies.com. That's M-I-M-A, Remedies, R-E-M-E-D-I-E-S.com. Full spectrum extract retains the terpenes and flavor of hemp flour, but no additives and flavoring. All the products are third-party lab tested, always below 0.3% THC, so safe and healthy, not psychoactive, not going to be an issue for you in other ways. Find Mima on Instagram. That's M-I-M-E Remedies. That's the handle at Instagram. Also on Facebook. Find them there as well. M-I-M-A Remedies.com. That's where to find them online. Again, 25% off at MimaRemedies.com for lockdown listeners. If you're looking for high-quality CBD products from a brand you can trust, Mima is a match made in Michigan. All right, a little bit later on, we are going to be joined by Adam Rubin, the general manager of the Pistons GT team. Those guys are going to be in action on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week to open up their 2020 season. That's right. Things are happening in 2020, contrary to what might be happening at your place all these days. But uh, let's talk big board. This is my 1.0 version that we're going through this week. It's just kind of unbelievable how you know all the players out there in this week draft class have a couple of good things in their column and then a couple of bad things in their column pretty much to a man and it's tough to choose from it's kind of like uh you do the uh, archetype of a player that you could kind of see them projecting to but then you also look at the individual traits of that player watch some film and try to project on them going forward so strange year and also a strange position for the Pistons to be in finally at the top of a draft, but really looking around and not a lot of players that are worthy of a top five pick, top three pick, or maybe even a top one pick. As time goes on and the uh, the clock ticks towards the 2020 NBA draft, whenever that is going to be. On my top nine big board, and again, we're making a top nine because that's as far as the Pistons can fall in the lottery if the rules don't change going into the NBA draft lottery this year. Uh, my list has no Cole Anthony of North Carolina. Uh, a bad freshman year means something, especially when we don't have a lot of evidence on these guys. I kind of see uh, some like him being an ordinary point guard at best. So to me, I'm trying to get uh, a more above-average player for his position, even if that is a more important position than maybe the Okongwu position that I talked about earlier, kind of a 4-5 hybrid, more of a 5 than a 4 if the shooting doesn't come. No James Wiseman. Uh, that's a true five, a guy who's locked into that position with limited defense 
as well. That's going to work against him for my Pistons big board. Also, no Obi Toppin, which might be a controversial pick leaving out of my top nine. A super productive college player at Dayton this past season. Uh, But again, 22 years old. I've got age concerns there. Uh, I've got also a little bit of a fit concern with Christian Wood at the four. Uh, No path to playing time with Griffin and Wood kind of locked in at the, those guys are best at the four right now. Uh, I don't think that Obi Toppin is a good fit on the court with either guy, as opposed to Okongwu who can develop alongside those guys uh, on the court at the same time over these next few years. And uh, at least one more year for Blake Griffin, unless the amnesty cause comes clause comes up once again. And we'll talk about that later on this off season as well. I am very flexible in this ordering of two through eight. The ninth guy is a little bit of a drop-off. I had to just find kind of one guy to get on that uh, top nine for me. But I'm telling you, after Okongwu, I've got a little bit of a tear drop-off, and then I can see my two through eights being flipped around a lot towards uh, the draft. And as it gets closer and as I get more information, I hear more from people that I trust and watch more film and do all these things. So a seven-man tier after Okongwu. And uh, so, again, might be flipping around, might be shuffling a lot, two through eight. Number two right now for me is Killian Hayes, the point guard from France who played in the German league this past year. Number three, I've got Tyrese Halliburton. So uh, two point guards right after Onyeko Okongwu. Number four, another point guard in LaMelo Ball. And number five, Anthony Edwards. So I've got those guys Kind of, in, not the consensus, maybe that's too strong of a word, but kind of the uh, top two if you did most big boards out there, uh, unattached to teams and mostly looking at experts and people around the league, LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards kind of being one and two. For me, they are four and five. I just see Killian Hayes with a little bit higher of a floor than the LaMelo Ball, a little bit more of a Pistons DNA, and also... Uh, yeah, certainly not the star quality and star power that a LaMelo Ball might have, but I see more downside and more flop potential for LaMelo Ball. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, like the defense, like the fact that he's a big guard, um, and just like the fact that he was very productive at Iowa State and uh, see some scoring potential there, even if it uh, wasn't in high numbers so far at Iowa State. Tyrese Halliburton's a guy that I had at one point number two on my list, and it also at points, had him more towards six or seven. So he's a guy that I'm kind of all over the place on. Uh, Again, so number one, Okongwu. Number two, Killian Hayes. Number three, Tyrese Halliburton. Number four, LaMelo Ball. Number five, Anthony Edwards. Just too much talent in those two guys, Ball and Edwards, to drop them too much farther than that. Um, A guy who I think is maybe a little bit more steady, a little bit more reliable, but the upside isn't quite there, is uh, my number six guy, and that's Devin Vassell of Florida State. And I think that what you do with Devin Vassell might have a lot to do with whatever your plans are with Luke Kennard. Um, he could move up on my list based on if they feel like they're going to move Luke Kennard, or he could move down on my list if you feel like you're going to keep and commit to Luke Kennard this offseason. So for a Pistons big board perspective, I think that the, the Luke Kennard plans might have something to do with uh, where Devin Vassell is placed on my big board. Right now, number six. Number seven, Tyrese Maxey. That's right, I'm on Tyrese Maxey Island uh, again, he's a guy who, in different iterations of this list, has been as high as four, maybe even three. Really like the compete level. Really like the combo guard situation. I think, and I've said this before, I think this Pistons roster could experiment with not a traditional point guard, um, especially given the fact that you've got Bruce Brown, 
Luke Kennard. Uh, you've got guys that can play make from different positions. You can put Blake Griffin in that list. I think that the Pistons have some. I don't think that Bruce Brown is necessarily the traditional point guard of the future. Certainly, Luke Kennard is not the traditional point guard of the future. But you have guys that are willing and able playmakers that you could pair with other guards. So maybe the Pistons point guard of the future doesn't necessarily have to be like a, a straight one. Maybe a guy like Tyrese Maxey could fit that bill with this team. Number eight, and again, this is the last guy on my tier for this, is Isaac Okoro from Auburn. Just the the, the defense, the Pistons' DNA. Got serious questions about the shooting, whether it's ever going to come around. Uh, certainly a, a capable driver. But just uh, if you're in the SEC, um, in, in any college, major college even, uh, concerned about the level of offensive numbers in college, and uh, not seeing a lot of ways that can be a lot more productive in the pros, given where he's at. Number nine for me, and again, a bit of a drop-off here, Denny Evdia, uh, really concerned with not only the the questions you get all the time when you got an unproven young European player, but uh, the fact that his shooting doesn't seem to be a sure thing uh, by any means raises even... So you, th- you throw the red flag of the competition he played against, the uh, athletic ability, uh, sorry to say, but it's still a consideration these days. And uh, would rather have seen guys play in college and uh, and make those kind of athleticism moves. This isn't a situation like Luka Doncic where he was playing for one of the best European teams as a young player and uh, and getting it done and being super productive and being high level at that age. So, uh, But yeah, still a bad draft and still of Dia makes my top nine but uh, not in love with him. The free throw numbers are the biggest red flag about the shooting, obviously. And uh, we'll see how that all unfolds in time. But up next, we're going to talk to Adam Rubin with Pistons GT team. That's next here on the Locked On Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Let me tell you guys about the most useful app on my phone during these times. Every product out there is trying to tell you that they are the perfect one during these times. But I will tell you, that is this product, and that's Blinkist. That's the best app that I could possibly imagine during these times. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist, Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. I like Blinkist because I'm sitting on the uh, queue line sometimes. I'm sitting in cars I'm doing whatever I'm doing, and in less than 15 minutes, I can feel like I can fast-track my path to a more intelligent and healthy me. I'm pumping out books really quickly. We're talking about The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, which is the perfect little marriage of this product and all the knowledge that's out there. Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict. I know you guys are all excited to watch the match play this weekend. Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson. Good times. Michelle Obama, you might have noticed her husband was in the news this past weekend and will continue to be. She's got a book, Becoming. I know you've heard about it, but you can just digest it very quickly on Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price right now. For a limited time, Blinkist is a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off 
your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign off at Blinkist.com slash NBA. All right, and now we're being joined by Adam Rubin, the general manager of the Pistons GT team, as they finally prepare to get ready for their season to start this week. Adam, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, for sure. So we've got uh, the Pistons GT GT, uh, Tuesday against the Wizards gaming team and then the T-Wolves on Wednesday. But not just that, but a little bit of national TV exposure for the boys. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so season started uh, on May 5th, and we found out that uh, ESPN2 was going to be hosting uh, the Tuesday matches from 7 to 11 p.m. through the 19th. So, thankfully, our first game of Season 3 is going to be broadcast not only on Twitch and YouTube, which we've had for the last two years, but also nationally on ESPN2 against the Wizards, which is a good matchup for us as our point guard was actually traded from the Wizards to us in the offseason. So it's a little bit of a revenge for him, our first game, as well as some national coverage. So it's going to be an interesting uh, first night for us. Obviously, the season's... uh postponed because of the, uh, the the pandemic here. Why don't you tell us what the guys have been up to? Give us kind of an update of the last couple of months for the team. Yeah, so guys moved into market on March 1st. Uh, we were supposed to start our season on March 23rd. Uh, we were actually supposed to be on a plane to New York City on March 23rd, which is the day that uh, Governor Whitmere extended the stay-at-home order. So starting March March 24th, it was kind of up in the air. We weren't sure what our season was going to be like, so we took a little bit of a hiatus. The guys have been going strong for three weeks in training camp, not similar to the NBA style where you go really hard for three weeks and then the season starts. That's kind of where we were. With the stay-at-home order, we took a three-week hiatus. The guys went from practicing for six to eight hours a day to practicing for two hours a day. This way, they kept their skills. They stayed sharp, but they weren't burning out. They weren't overdoing it. They were able to kind of step back, relax, and take a look at everything. Uh, When we found out the season was going to start on May 5th, we started back up on March 28th and have been going strong for the last two and a half weeks in preparation for Tuesday. But it's been different. Instead of the guys sitting together uh, at our brand new practice facility at the PPC and New Center, they're currently sitting in their apartments at the Boulevard. So each player has their own bedroom bathroom they're in two bedroom apartments and they've been playing out of their bedrooms we're really taking it back to kind of where video games started where gamers were playing in their bedrooms well because of the stay-at-home order all the guys are now competing from their own bedrooms in order to make sure they maintain that proper distance from each other they've all been isolated since beginning of uh march essentially but we're still making sure that they're keeping that distance, not only from each other, but also the outside world. We're having their groceries delivered to them so they can minimize the amount of time they have to go out. And these guys had been playing in pre- previous seasons uh, together, you know, the, right next to each other on, on, on the team as, as it has been going. So how much does this change that whole dynamic? I'm sure there are things that uh, make it more comfortable uh, in the previous way than it is right now. Oh, yeah. We actually assembled this year's team with an eye towards in-person competitive play. Normally when you're playing video games, someone's yelling at you across a headset from anywhere over the world. Well, if you're yelling at me and I'm in the confines of my house, I'm pretty comfortable. There's nothing you can do. 
with the NBA 2K League, you're sitting five to 10 feet away from the person that's yelling at you. And they're facing you while you're playing a video game in front of up to 100 people with cameras and lights on you. So when we created this year's roster, we really had an eye to stage presence, how they not only handle being yelled at, but how they perform and actually use that in person to try and intimidate the opponent. Uh, So our point guard, a very loud individual, very confident in his abilities. Our center is arguably the best NBA 2K player that's ever existed. Our power forward has been with us for three years. He's very confident in his abilities. He yells a lot. Our small forward, who we drafted in the first round this year, has been playing with our point guard and center. So he's confident. And our shooting guard has been shooting the lights out. So he's confident. We had built this roster to withstand and be dominant in an in-person environment. So now when you take that away and force them to play remotely, one of our key factors in terms of gameplay is now removed. So we've had to completely rework how we play because they all feed off each other's energy. So how do we now translate that to, okay, we're all still playing, but in some cases they're 20 feet away with two walls in between. And in one instance, they're 300 feet away with seven other apartments in between. Now, what about uh, the dynamic of the guys? I mean, we, I know that Demon JT uh, comes in, the point guard, like you talked about, as uh, the new guy on the block, but was familiar with a lot of these guys, too. Given that it's the training camp has been a little bit extended, the time to get to know each other on the game, if not maybe in person, has been extended, too. Do you feel like maybe you hit the ground running a little bit easier because of that, even though you got these other challenges to deal with? I think uh, 100%. We had gone into the draft with four players. We went in with Demon JT, who we traded for in the offseason. Ramo, who was our first overall pick in season one that we traded for. uh, We traded last year and we brought him back this year. And then we retained Joseph and Dev. So before the draft even started, we brought those four players in the market. So they had 10 days to get used to each other before the two new players arrived. Mm -hmm. Within that group, JT, Ramo, and Charger, our first-round pick this year, have been playing together consistently for about six years. Dev has played with Ramo and JT previously on a competitive team a couple years before the league started, so there was some chemistry there. And Joseph had played with Ramo from season one. So they'd already had some form of chemistry. Add in that as soon as they got to market, they were all working out together. The Boulevard's got a uh, fitness room where they were going eight or nine o'clock in the morning before they'd walk over to the new PPC for practice. So they were kind of doing that bonding ahead of time with the shutdown. It's isolated them from even hanging out with each other. So there was a little bit of a hiccup in that matter, but if nothing else, they've now spent three months essentially together, working together, getting to know each other before playing games. So there shouldn't be an excuse at this point in terms of their camaraderie and ability to play together because they've been together for so long before even playing a competitive match. And we'll see how it all comes together. The Pistons GT team opens their season on Tuesday at 9 p.m. against the Wizards District Gaming. That's going to be on ESPN2 in addition to the ESPN app, Twitch, and YouTube as well. And then on Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Pistons GT team 
taking on the T-Wolves Gaming, not on ESPN2, but all the other platforms, Twitch, YouTube, YouTube Gaming, and the ESPN app as well. All right, cool. Adam Rubin, of the general manager of the team, Adam Rubin, uh, R-U-B-I-N-N-B-A on Twitter. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Appreciate you asking. Thanks once again to Adam Rubin of the Pistons GT team for giving us the lowdown on what's up with those guys as they start their NBA 2K League season. But once again, I'm going to tell you guys about BuiltBar.com. I can't say enough about these guys. Jumped on board with the network, and we're going to pump them all May and excited to continue to talk about them and continue to enjoy their product as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. But that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Pistons. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.